Um, I wanted to share with you just a few things uh, about things in the natural can really speak to us and things in the spiritual. I'm not, I've never been one that's been super woo-woo, spiritual, you know, God walked in and told me today. And he, that's great if he does that to you, but he doesn't do that to me. He normally speaks to me in the still small voice or the loud voice of my children. And, um, and so uh, a lot of times when I'm correcting my children, I can't even get three words out of correcting them. And it's like God saying, mm-hmm, yeah. It's exactly what I've been trying to tell you. I'm like, how many times do I have to, Grafton, how many times do I have to tell you? And the Lord's like, really, Stephanie, how many times do I have to tell you? And so um, that's how I feel like the Lord speaks to me. And sometimes, you know, we, we look for this audible voice, this, ah, you know, uh, just walking in the door, you know. And sometimes in life you think, if I could just have three phone calls to God in a lifetime, like I would use them on who am I going to marry, you know, those three real, real important things. You, you, you want a, a lifeline. But he speaks to me in just the everyday um, actually, sometimes even in the silly things, I find some of the greatest uh, lessons. And so I just wanted to speak to you a little bit about that, first in the natural and then in the spiritual. Um, but God's word is so practical, so up-to-date, it amazes me how I can read a scripture six years ago uh, in Proverbs and read it again today, and it's like, I've read that a million times, but it didn't, the revelation wasn't there like it is today, because our life is like a facet, like diamond, like a diamond. And you turn it, you look at it this way, and it's different. And the older we get, the more facets we get. <laughs> and you think, hmm, I never thought about it that way. And, um, but you might, I just want to talk to you a little bit about seasons. And you may be going into a new job, a new marriage, a new relationship, um, a new life. Some of you girls some uh, getting ready to leave Teen Challenge, and you're getting ready to step into something new. You might be stepping into a promotion at your job. You, you might be stepping into something completely new. And if we're not careful, we can take our old mindset into our new season. And that is really dangerous, but it's really easy to do and very comforting to do because we draw on what we know, right? And um, August is upon us. I can't even believe it. It's like they're gonna have Christmas decor out here any, any day. They don't even wait till Halloween anymore. I mean, the school supplies are in and out, Halloween stuff's in and out, and Christmas, the trees are already going up. It's like, can we even catch a breather? And sometimes we think, man, I, did, I haven't even come close to any of my New Year's resolutions. <laughs> and it's August, you know. And um, life can be so, go so fast. And um, sometimes the things that we set out to achieve are lost in the busyness of our life because we just get so busy. I remember bringing Hannah home from the hospital yesterday, and she's going to be a junior this, you know, this month. I'm thinking, how did that happen? When did that happen? Why did that happen? You know, and so um, maintaining is a lot of work in our lives, let alone learning new things and new ways of doing things and letting God show us new ways of, of doing things. And so I've had my eyes open recently to uh, just some similarities from the natural into the spiritual. I wanted to share them with you. Sometimes when we enter new things, uh, we're excited. But like I said, we take our old ways of thinking because it's easy. It's easy. We've always done it that way. Say we've always done it that way. Mm-hmm. I just want to encourage you, though, but before you, I mean, you might be on the front porch of something. You may have the keys to the door ready to open something brand new in your life. But before you do, I want to encourage you, 
When you walk into that new place, just like we walk into a new home and we take our furniture with us and we think, well, I'm gonna paint, you know what? We have that beautiful magnolia painted on our kitchen uh, wall. I'm gonna paint that same magnolia here. We're gonna take that couch and we're gonna put that chair here. And we take all of our old things. Who knew there were other colors? Who knew there were other flowers? Why does it have to be the same magnolia? Let's put something new on the wall and let God do something new in our life. Um, Matthew 9, 17 in the New Living Translation says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. You know, when we moved here to Texas, um, any of you that have heard the story, I won't bore you with the long details of it, but it was pretty cool how God worked it all out. But um, when we resigned from our church, we started packing boxes. We didn't know where we were going. We had not even heard of Bethesda other than we knew Pastor Dan uh, just from being in the studios, but knew nothing of Bethesda or even moving to Texas or that was not even on our radar. And uh, we were packing boxes and our kids would say, well, where are we going? We'd say, we don't know. Well, where are we going to take these boxes? We don't know. God's going to provide for us. God's going to show us where our next step is. We're just going to be obedient and do what he told us to do. Some call that stupidity. We called it faith at the time, and, um, and God did show up for us. And so while, we, while I was packing those boxes, my question would be, everything I picked up, I would say, is this really worth the move? <laughs> is it really worth the move? Is it worth the wear and tear on it? Is it worth the, you know, and by the time I was finished, there's like one little lonely thing in the bottom of the box. And so that was my, my, my mindset going into these, in, into packing is, is it really worth the move? And boxes that were overflowing were just, you know, had little, one little trinket in it by the time I was through. And it made for less boxes, it made for a lighter trip. I will say I should have heard this message and preached this message to myself because last minute we had to... Um, rent an extra U-Haul trailer and a, go get a $300 hitch at the last minute uh, because we just couldn't get it all in. And that was with me asking that question. So I can't imagine what we would have taken to uh, get here if we had, I had not done that. But, um, and so it is in the spiritual. We try to take everything with us into our new season. And we had a new season coming here. And that's why this has spoken so much to me. But um, I want to encourage you, wherever you're headed, Ask the Lord, Lord, show me what you have for me in this season. Show me what you have for me in this season. I don't want to take all the old mindsets and the old ways of thinking, and I don't want to fill that space with old stuff. You know, growing up, my mom would always say when we would move, she would say, you know, we'd go to take something out to the car or the truck to move. She said, no, 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 that piece is staying here. I'm like, I love that piece. I like that piece of furniture, or I like that chair. She said, no, that doesn't, that's not, it was good for here but it's not going to fit where we're going. It doesn't work there. I'm going to either, she was either going to give it to somebody or leave it for the new owners or whatever because it matched the room or whatever. But she would always tell me it was great for this season. It was great for this house, but where we're headed, we don't need that. It worked great there, but we don't need it now. My mom, I went with her one time with, uh, to an interior designer um, and she was redoing a living room and and so he kept saying, well, what about this? Or what about that? Or how about a sectional couch? And she said, you know what? I've never had a sectional couch, but I'm willing to try it. And uh, I, when she said that, I thought, 
And she is, she's crazy wild. She'll try anything new. But I just thought that's how it is in our lives. You know, I've never had that. I've never tried that. I've never done that. But I'm willing. If God is, gonna, is asking me to do that, I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to, to walk through that door that he's opening for me. And um, when we moved in Ohio to an, a different house, we had a chocolate couch, and then we had a really cool-looking wild chair, and then I wanted another brown love seat that matched the couch. And so I would tell Todd, you know, we really need a love seat there. And he'd say, well, what about that other chair? We have that striped chair. I said, Todd, that doesn't match. It doesn't go. So every time friends would come over, he'd pull that ugly chair out and put it where that love seat was supposed to be. Told you. And um, he'd, pull that, he'd pull that chair out, and I would always, when p- people would come over, I would say, we're, we're going to order a love seat. We're going to get a love seat for this area. You know, this is not really the chair. That, I don't know why I felt like I had to do that. But um, anyway, it, it, maybe it embarrassed him enough to finally he went and got me that love seat. But um, that matches. But I, I wasn't willing to uh, use that chair. I wanted, I wanted that there. It didn't fit, and it didn't match. And so I wanted that, that new love seat. But... Um, Sometimes we have to get like that in our new spaces with God. And, and we have to, that uncomfortable feeling, that uncomfortable feeling is what allows us to believe for something new. Yes? That uncomfortable feeling allows us to believe for something new. And preparation is the evidence that you believe something is going to happen. When you prepare for something, you, you're preparing Believing in your heart, having faith in God that something is going to happen, that he's going to show up like we did for our move here. We didn't know where we were going. We were packing boxes like maniac fools. We No clue. People thought we were crazy. Where are you going? You don't know where you're going? Well, that's kind of odd. I mean, how are you going to provide for your family? We don't know. God said, pack. He's going to take care of us. And so we did that. We were crazy, but I'm thankful we did that. But new space equals new wine. That doesn't mean everything from our past is useless, right? We still have great things from our past. I mean, I have my kids' pictures I would never want to get rid of. We have our engagement pictures I would never want to get rid of. I have a check from Bible college when we were in Bible college that Todd wrote me on a real check. I don't know why. We were crazy in love, I guess. He wrote me on a real check for one million kisses and signed it. I mean, I still have that. I wouldn't want to get rid of that, right? Oh, everybody say aw. So that doesn't mean everything from our past is useless. But I'm saying when we go into these new seasons that we ask the Lord to scan us and let us not take all of our old mindsets and our old ways of thinking uh, into those. You know, when we pack for vacations, how many overpacks for vacation? You need all those just in cases that you, that you bring home and you're like, rehanging them up because you never wore them. Yeah, the airport's kind of helped us with that. You know, one, one bag. Some of them, you have to pay for that one bag. So the airport has, has kind of um, has helped us with that. But um, what do I really need? What do I really need to take with me is the questions we ask now while packing for vacation. And girls are a little different than boys. We really need some things. We really need those extra pair of shoes in there. But, um, but when we travel lightly at the airport, we can go through the scanner quicker. 
We can go through security a lot quicker when we're traveling lightly, when we've got so much stuff and bags. And I mean, Grafton's got a million things of himself and Hannah's got a million things of hers and, and it takes forever. And then you got to take your shoes off, but then you forgot to take your belt off. And you know, when you travel lightly, I've, I've said many times standing in that security, all of us should have just shown up naked here today and gotten dressed after we went through security. I mean, you pretty much have to go through there naked. You're like, my goodness gracious. But um, <laughs> some of, yeah, some of you are too visual for that. Sometimes we have to go through the spiritual baggage check. And um, some of you are wanting to just pass by and God's busting you and saying, uh-uh. He's busting me and saying, ah, no, 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 no. That's too heavy. What you're putting on there is way too heavy for where you're going. And we live with this heavy sticker attached to our life because we're constantly bringing all this old mindsets with us when God's saying, I'm taking you to a new place. I'm putting you in a new season for a purpose. Drop some of the baggage. Drop some of the junk. Drop some of the old mindsets that are not good. Doesn't mean they were all bad for that season. It's just time for a new season. It comes down to this. How much do we love our stuff? Is it more than we love the new space or the new place God has for us or wants to take us? Sometimes the answer is yes in our lives, as sad as that is. My sister-in-law, Mark's wife, Carol, she's so opposite of Mark. She's hilarious. But she, um, she said, Mark, this was years ago. She said, Mark, you know in church when pastors get up and they say, who wants to go to the next level and who wants to just go higher with God? And who, Carol says, I never raise my hand. I, I like it here. I don't want to go anywhere new. I don't want to do anything else new. I, I'm comfortable here. And we laugh at that, but it's so true. We get set in our ways and we're all like that to some degree. I don't want to because that's going to stretch me and that's going to make me grow and it's going to make me work and it's going to make me learn and it's going to make me, it's going to make me and it's going to make me. There's a story of two ladies that were at the airport and they had gone to Disney World and gotten such great deals on all of their things. So they were buying stuff for everybody, their aunts, uncles, nieces. They, they went ahead and did Christmas for a lot of people because they had just gotten such a good deal. Well, the only problem was they didn't think about they had to get it all home. So they went to the airport, put their baggage on. The people were like, TSA, absolutely not. You know, this is just way too much, way too heavy. So what do they do? They unzip the suitcase. They start grabbing clothes and putting them on putting pants on top of pants, shirts on top of shirts, people asking people around, are you going on flight such and such? Can you put this on? Can you wear this? I mean, just putting these clothes on. They put it on. The... Nope, it's still too heavy. They pull it off. They unzip it. And they start putting more clothes on. Another shirt on top of another shirt. And we laugh, but we do that in the spiritual all the time. We tell God, I'm changed. I'm changed, God. I'm changed. Look at me. I'm changed. And he's like, really? What's that extra flap sticking out of unforgiveness? What's that extra uh, pair of pants I see hanging out the bottom of condemnation? And we do that all the time in the spiritual. We put things on top of things on top of, instead of taking some junk off of our life and putting on the new, new spaces, new wine, new, new wine skins. 
Thank God we don't look like what where we've been. <laughs> Thank God we don't look like where we've been. The problem is, it's real easy to go into a new season because we don't look like it. It's real easy to keep our old stuff, keep our old mindsets. And I've seen people walk into new relationships. Teen Challenge girls, listen to me. I've seen, new, I've seen girls walk into new relationships and they get there. They take all the same mistrust. They take all the same baggage into the, into the new relationship and wonder why it ends up the same as it was before with the other guy. God's provided a new season for you girls. Brand new season, going with a new mindset. Matthew 10, 5, um, I held onto this scripture during our move. In the NIV, it says this. These, tw- these 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the, of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Listen to this verse. Do not, get, do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. So don't take any money with you. No bag for the journey. So no bag, no money and no bag. No extra shirt or sandals. So they weren't allowed to take money. They weren't allowed to take their bags. They weren't allowed to take an extra shirt or extra sandals. And they weren't allowed to take their staff. That's a whole teaching in of itself, those things right there that they weren't allowed to take with them. For the worker is worth his keep. To me, what the Lord is saying there is you don't need a lot of equipment because you are the equipment. And um, with new wine and new wineskins, Jesus is telling them, I don't want you to rely on the old things. When you go there, you're going to find new people. You're going to find new relationships. You're going to find new resources there that's going to take care of you. And that's hard. It's really easy to say, and it sounds great in a message. But when it comes down, the rubber meets the road, and we really have to trust God for new relationships and new people to provide resources. This is a great saying. Life moves at the speed of relationships. It's so true. Not that God isn't miraculous and God can do whatever he wants. He's God and God all by himself. But there are times that there's a relationship that God is putting together perfectly forming for a purpose. And life moves at the speed of relationships. We've got to believe that we're going to bump into some new supplies when we go into that new season. The disciples uh, went quickly, the Bible says, and I believe that they were able to go quickly because they were traveling light. They had decluttered their lives. They couldn't take anything they were used to taking. And um, I know moving here to Texas, um, this is a whole new life for us, whole new life for me, whole new life for my kids. I mean, new grocery stores, new school, new church, new apartment. New. The only thing that was not new to us were our two cars. Everything else was brand new. Not as in new as in newly purchased. I'm saying new as in life. I mean, you didn't have Giant Eagle. I had to go to Kroger. You didn't have, you know, and that was fine. But I had, to, I had to find new things, new ways of doing things, finding it in a new season and navigating through those things. Um, sometimes we're afraid of what Aunt Myrtle's going to say. 
How many have done that? I have. Well, what's so-and-so going to say? Well, what's she going to say? Well, what's he going to say? What's my mother going to say? That's probably the number one question. And I love that you care about that, but why not trust God that as you step into the new wine skins, God will send new wine and he will send new grace and he will send new blessings in those new seasons. My dad told us growing up, he'd always, he, uh, he'd always say, well, Stephanie, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> Sounds so profound and yet so simple. You don't know what you don't know. Until you ask God to reveal those things to you, you don't know it, right? It's amazing how much stuff we can accumulate in a season. I crack up at these new parents, you know, they're just, I love them, and I was one, so I can talk about them, but these new parents, they have so much junk they have to carry with them. They have a bouncy seat, and they have a stroller, and they have an exosaucer, and they have an extra car seat for grandma's car, and then they have an extra, you know, car seat for the other grandma's car, and they, they have, I mean... When we had Hannah, you couldn't just up and go. You, your arms had to be full. His arms had to be full. And then we had to take another trip. There's so much stuff for this little human, this big. So much stuff. We accumulate so much stuff. And we, te- we have garage sales. And you think, where'd that come from? Where'd that junk come from? Where'd that stuff come from? And they just keep hauling it out and keep hauling it. thinking, forgot about that. Forgot about that. Forgot about that. And we get money for our junk. It's wonderful. My mom has a best friend, Sharon, and she, my mom is very, she can get up and move tomorrow. My dad said, hey, we're going to go such and such tomorrow. My mom could be gone tomorrow. She's, that's the way she lives life. She loves life and loves new things and new people and new places and all those things. But she has a friend that is the complete opposite. I mean, she's got the same picture hanging in the same house on the same wall for the last 35 years and would not even think of moving that because it's always been there and so she asks my mom when those seasons come in my mom's life she'll say sue how do you do that how do you just up and go like that i mean that that's the door my my kindergartners came through and now they're high schoolers and now they're married and now they're and mom said god's gonna provide a new place a new space he's got something new for us and um they're great friends have been friends forever and they're hilarious because they just are the complete opposite but we have to go through the scanner every trip. Say every trip. Because we pick up harmful, greed ing- harmful ingredients in each season. My husband has lost at least three or four pocket knives at the airport to the TSA. He knows we're going to the airport. Every time he's known we're going to the airport. Cleveland Airport has at least three or four. Am I not mistaken? Three or four. He says I exaggerate, but that's the truth. Is that the truth? Yes. Three or four pocket knives. And I'm like, Todd, you knew we were coming. I know I forgot. We, he, he can't say, listen, TSA, I was here 13 years ago when we went to Disney and I already gave you one of my pocket knives. <laughs> They're going to say, no, hand over the other one in your pocket, you know. And we pick up these harmful things in each season that we've got to let go of and drop in our lives before we can go into the new one. Amen? At Bethesda, we're constantly stepping into new things, new time zones in the spirit, and new emphasis. And we have to do quick scans when that happens, right? Helps us travel light because his yoke is, and his burden is. And the message Bible says, so why not travel lightly? Why not travel lightly if that's the case? 
I'm ex- really excited about Bethesda School of Ministry. I know we're going to put um, some of our best culture and excellence in it, but I also know God's wanting to do a new thing with Bethesda School of Ministry, and, and we need to raise up leaders that are going to be able to communicate effectively to this generation. It's a different generation. It's a different generation. I'm only 40. It's a different generation than when I was younger, let alone if you're in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. I mean, it's just Zoom by us. And we've got to be open and scan our lives so that when these Bethesda School of Ministry students come, that we are ready to, to help, pray for, um, be there, assist, whatever we can do to help raise up these new leaders that are going to be, you know, even our kids. We talk about this is the future generation. This is the future. No, these are the future. These are not the future. These are the present leaders. Our kids are the present leaders. They're in our schools every day. And we've got to be ready to um, help them. Sometimes we always think, I want to be a world changer. And how many times have we all said that in our own heart? I want, to, I want to change the world. And sometimes that doesn't mean us personally are going to change the world, but we could teach a Sunday school class that has the world changer in it. And we were the ones effectively speaking into their life. Um, I've heard so many teachers uh, in teachers' meetings and Sunday school things, uh, things saying, oh, you never know if you've got the next Billy Graham in your Sunday school class. And my thought was always, you never know when you're just going to have the average dad teaching his children about the Lord, taking them to church, loving his family, loving his wife. We've instilled that as teachers. That's to me, he is changing the world. And so we have to be real careful how we use those words of being a world changer. I'm all for being a world changer. And I'm all for, you know, I tell him all the time, I didn't, I'm not raising you in this world to serve to thrive, to survive in it. I'm raising this in this world to thrive in it. And I want her to be a world changer for where her world is, right? Sometimes we have to do this and do a baggage check or a scan in our own lives. Sometimes in our marriage, we have to do that and say, babe, we're not, we're not going anywhere, uh, but we are moving into a new space. And, um, we're, we're going to, do some new thinking about the way we're doing life. We're a bit boring. Tell your spouse, you've been a bit boring. <laughs> and sometimes we say, hey, what's, what's a new hobby we can do together? What's, some, what's a ministry we can get involved in together? What's something we can do? You got to recalibrate sometimes and just start over. Hit the refresh button. We've heard that on the computer. We've used that from the computer uh, lingo. Because if we don't do that in our marriages... And in our relationships, then he picks up a bag and you pick up a bag. And the kids have 10 bags each. And there are so many bags that we've got, we've got to scan them. I do believe if we live our lives like this, that we would not be so upset when people walk out of our lives. Because sometime, sometimes God writes them out of the scene. Sometimes we think they are disowning us or not loving us anymore. Or, but the truth is, is when the scene is over, they're written out of the script and God's got new people coming in. And we have to trust that he knows what he's doing. He is the master at scripting our lives and we need to let him do that. Doesn't mean they're bad people. Just means their part is over. Their part is over in our life. Um. I'm reminded of that movie, Toy Story 3. How many's ever seen Toy Story 3? I'm like, how many Toy Stories can they have? The kid's 18 years old, for crying out loud. <laughs> Finally, at the end, he gives his toys to somebody else. I'm like, 
for the love of God, he's 18 years old. Please give your toys to somebody little. (laughs) He's going to college. It's time to put your toys away. They were great for that season. They were great for him to play with when he was little. But an 18-year-old man should not be playing with, you know, little Woody and Buzz Lightyear. And we laugh at that, but we do it in the spiritual all the time. All the time. I believe it's 1 Corinthians says, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I talk like a child. You should. That's your child. But when I became a man, I put away those things. And we've got to do a scan. You can't put away those things unless you do a baggage check. Unless you do a scan in your life. Amen? We've got to think about our new spaces. When we do that scan and we come out on the other side and we give our testimony. You know, a testimony is just a story of how you overcame your test. And we're overcome by the word of our testimony. When you give a testimony and you say those words out in the atmosphere, it's like you're telling God, do it again, God. Do it again. Amen? Amen. On a side note to you teen challenge girls about when people walk out of our lives, your destiny is not tied to someone who will walk out of your life. That was free. That was free. But it's not. It's not tied to someone who would walk out. And that's good to know because God writes in new people. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I am so thankful that your ways are higher than our ways. I'm so thankful that your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And I ask you, uh, Lord, just like I asked you today as I was preparing, that you would just scan our lives and the things that need to be revealed to us and that we need to work on or completely get rid of as we go into a new season. Lord, I pray that you will show us exactly what they are so that we can be effective in our new season. We know you have great things for us. We know that you have plans to prosper us, and we want to help in that, Lord. We want to get rid of all the junk in our lives that cause us to weigh heavy. Help us, Lord, to lighten our loads so that we can be effective and we can, can go and do what you've called us to do. And we praise you and we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray this. Amen. Amen. I don't even know what time it is. Am I early? I'm early. You'll you'll like me all the more if I'm really early. (laughs) How many of you know seasons are not always the funnest to go through, especially if you're having to change seasons? Because once you get used to a particular season... Then you find a comfort zone, and then when it's come time for the Lord to move your season, you know, the difficulty sets in in the fact that you're having to change again. And the fact that uh, seasons, there requires change, and change is not always easy. Does anybody love change in the room? Anybody? Vic? I have to say... Both Stephen and I and Vic, if we're the only three, we love change. Because change allows us to stop from being stagnant. <clears throat> and I know a lot of people, especially Christians who are stagnant in their faith, because 
God wants to move them out of their comfort zone to even use them for greater possibilities and to expand their horizon. And we tend to get in this rut and we tend to stay there. And that allows God not to be able to move us in the direction that we want to go because we find that comfort zone. And the Lord is saying, I'm not wanting you to get comfortable. I want you to be uncomfortable. And the Lord sometimes will place difficulties in your life to make you comfortable to where you are forced to change and you have to accept it. Make you uncomfortable. And and, and that you have to change. And so sometimes we... Um, go through difficult times or trials and tribulation and we want to curse the devil and we bind the devil and the enemy when it wasn't him who made us uncomfortable but it was God that did that. And he did that on purpose so that we can move. He, uh, it's the proverbial light of fire underneath the rump type of scenario, right? And so you always have to look at every situation you're going through every trial, every hardship, every temptation, every difficulty, and say, okay, is this the enemy doing this to me or is it God doing this for me, creating a circumstance that is making me uncomfortable because he wants me to move? Yeah, I'm going to stop and let you chew on that for a little bit. I heard a joke one time that said that there was the devil sitting out on the, on the curb out in, outside in front of the church crying. And the Lord comes by and asks him, well, why are you crying? He goes, because the people in there are blaming me on everything and I didn't do any, have anything to uh, be part of it. But they're in there blaming me. And the Lord said, oh, don't worry, but I did that to them. But you have to understand that God will sometimes place circumstances in your life that will require you to become uncomfortable because he's wanting you to move and he's wanting you to change and he's wanting to take you to a new level. And we fight and resist that so much. I remember being in Bible college and one of our professors, um, we were telling him how we were feeling and what was happening with our lives. And of course, we were getting ready to graduate and we were trying to figure out what was God, what was us and and he said, well, he said, let me tell you something. He said, when, when you're in a season, God gives you grace for that season. When that season is letting up or you're feeling released from that season, maybe it's in your job, then every little thing bothers you. Things that never bothered you before, everything bothers you. And that's God's way of saying, all right, we're gonna shuffle the deck here get prepared. I've always been about six months ahead of him when it comes to knowing a transition is coming in our life. I don't know if it's because I'm a girl. I don't know if it's for my personality. I, I, mean, I don't speak to God any more than he does. I don't know why, why that is. Um, he has to process. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, um, and that might be in some of your guys' marriages and, and live, lives. But um, just to let us know, change is coming. Change has come. It's time for a new job. It's time for this. It's time for that. And to, to listen to his voice. Amen? Every season you go through is a stepping stone to get you closer to what the Lord wants you to do. Maybe you're miserable on your job on purpose because the Lord has something else better for you. And for those of us who have personalities that like it the old way, we've been doing it this long for this far 
you got to be careful with that because you can have a tendency to miss the will of God in your life. Because again, when God wants to move you, he will attempt at first to try to tell you in your spirit, it's time to move. And then whenever we refuse, then that's when God heats up the situations in our life to try to get us to move. But these seasons are there to grow you and to make you better and to improve your life and become closer to the Lord. So for those of you who do not like change, which I find out it's majority of you, let me, let me give you this tidbit. Learn to love change. Learn to love it. Learn to dance with the chaos, she said. And you will find, especially if God is involved in the change, you will find that you will start to love change. Because I used to, as just a person, my personality tends to lean naturally to uh, being, uh, not changing anything. But the more I've matured and I've been forced to make changes that I did not want to make, but I allowed the change to take place, especially when God was involved, I truly have learned to love change. I've learned to go with the flow. I've learned to accept what the circumstances are. Uh, and, and, and change also requires you to use faith. And the scripture says... For without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, and so the Lord wants to use you to have faith. And many times when he's changing your season, he will require you to act upon his faith. The faith that's on the inside of you to trust God where the next season is. And just as we had that season of resigning our church in, in Akron waiting three weeks packing before we heard anybody ever try to communicate with us that like Pastor Dan had communicated with us when he found out that we were uh, packing up and moving some, to somewhere land. Um, it required us to use a level of faith that we're not used to operating in on a daily basis. We didn't know we had it in us that we had that faith. But when you hear the voice of the Lord and he says change, our normal next question would be, well, what's the next change? Where am I changing to? But if you're a Christian long enough, you'll find out that many times God will not usually tell you where your next step is until you have learned to rely on and trust on him and just go with the flow. Stephanie, I don't want to embarrass you, but um, this is Stephanie. She's been here. How, how long have you been here? Just a few weeks. Two weeks, she's been here. Um, and I asked her how she heard about Bethesda, and she said I was, she was looking online, and she was trying to find uh, for your daughter um, rainbows for her daughter. That's, that's a big change, looking for a new place for your daughter and a new people and a new leadership and new all of those things, but oh, the connections that God is going to bring her in this season. It's a little scary sit in a room with people you don't know and all of those things. But at the same time, when you walk with the Lord, it's beautiful to watch him just unfold your life. When you girls from Teen Challenge look back in the next five, 10 years and see how God orchestrated even the little things to get you to where you are, um, it's going to be amazing. You know, sometimes we, we um, get really scared about the will of God because we think the will of God is this 
one place that God is, you know, has for you. If you don't get on that one dot, then you miss the will of God. And I'm not so sure that I believe that. I believe he says in my house, there are many mansions, meaning there are many doors. Pick one. If you're close to him and you're doing everything you can and your prayer life is good and your fasting life is good and you're staying as close as you possibly can to him, it really is almost impossible to make a really bad mistake. Not that we don't. We all take bad roads sometimes. But for the most part, I'm saying if, we are, if we're close to him, you do what you want to do because he's, he's inside you. He's walking with you, talking with you. You're communing with him. And um, so don't ever feel like if you, don't, if you miss that one dot, God has many things for you. What I've, you know, he says you're the head and not the tail, above and not, not, the, uh, above and not beneath. And so we just have to walk in him and walk in his favor and let him direct our lives. And when you do that, it's a recipe for success in him. I think we have a few minutes left. What time is it, somebody? Anybody? Okay, so it is 7.35. I was early. You guys want me to speak every Wednesday night? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> let, let's, let's do this. Let's take a few moments. Somebody um, want to share a comment or a thought in, the, in dealing with the subject matter that Stephanie has brought tonight. And Maybe you have a story or maybe you have a thought that really can help others in this room in regarding this subject matter. Yes, sir. Sure. bad you know sometimes he calls you right in the middle of a great season you're like I I love it here everything's working everything's you know going great God why why you know I remember when we were senior pastoring we'd have families that would come up to you and say well we're moving on and all those things you're like God I have a list of some people you could have moved on but they were not on it you know that that upheavals everything and they were in charge of this and they were in charge of that and now I got to start all over and and God says, I got you. I have a place for them, and I have new people coming. And until you do that about 25 times, and you get it. Yes, sir. Good. It's very good. It's true. Because then you argue with him and you say, well, I want to be here. You gave me the desires of my heart. <laughs> I've, told, I've told God that a few times. Well, I want to be here. You gave me the desires of my heart. It's your yeah. fault. <laughs> but you know, the desires of your heart, God does give to you. It's, it's, it could be a, it, 
for many things, it could be a God thing. But many times, sometimes, maybe not many, but sometimes God may take you around the proverbial Robin Hood's barn to get you to where you need to be because there are some things you need to learn on the way. And this journey with the Lord is really a journey. This is a journey. And sometimes what we want, what we think we want, isn't really what we want. And you look back and you think, thank the Lord he saved me from that. I watch a couple little kids, and today they came in, they got inside, and they said, I need you, I need you. I mean, I thought somebody died the way they came in. So there's a bird in the middle of the road. There's a bird in the I said, leave it there. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> they were like, somebody's going to run over it. You know, they wanted to go in the middle of the road. They really, their desire of their heart was to go in the middle of that road. <laughs> and sometimes that's the way we are in life. You know, I want to get in the middle of that road. And God's saying, it's the freeway for crying out loud. You don't want to be in the middle of the road. You know, you, you don't want to go there. And so sometimes when we see things, we think that's what we want. And then when we take it to prayer and mull over it and, you know, it's my mom always used to ask me when I would ask her to do something that was off a little bit from whatever normal was. She'd say, well, what's your motive? She'd ask me, what's your motive behind it? Why are you doing it? Well, I'm doing it because I want to look good for some guy. Well, that's a dumb motive. Don't do it. Hmm. So she'd make me answer, well, what's the motive? So ask yourself those questions when, that, when those things come. What's your motive behind it? Yeah. Absolutely. Go ahead. Good. Right. And the way, you, the way you leave a season is the way you're going to enter into your new season. I think, I think you need to hear that again. The way you leave a season is going to be the same way you're going to enter your next season. If you force yourself out of a season and it's a bad situation. Which we've all tried. We've all been there. And you force yourself out of a season and it's not the right timing or... Or let's say, this is common, and I'm in the church world, you leave a church disgruntled. You're going to find the next church, and you're going to come in with the same baggage you left with. Yeah, because we come in with our old mindsets. Well, that's not the way my pastor did it. Well, that's not the way, you know, if I had a nickel for every, if I had a penny for every time I heard that, that's not the way we did it at our church. That's not the way we did it at this church. But I'm reminded of the story of the gentleman who went to the city gate and he asked the guy at the city gate, the, the main security guy, he said, oh, he said, I'm moving in here to this new city. He said, what kind of people do you have here? And the, the security guy said, oh, he said, we have amazing people here. I mean, or, no, I'm sorry. 
I'm messing up the story. The security guy asked the guy, from the city that you came from, what kind of city did you come from? And he said, oh, he said, the city that I came from, amazing people. I mean, the leaders were incredible. The, uh, my friends were awesome. I loved my job. I, I, my family was just, they just flourished there. It was just a really, really great city. And, um, and the security guy said, then you're going to find that same, those same people here. And so the next guy came and he said, uh, he said, I'm moving from a new city. He said, what's this city like? And the security guy asked this gentleman, he said, well, what kind of city did you come from? He said, oh, I hated it. I couldn't wait to leave. Everybody there, they were mean, they were ugly, they were so unfriendly. The leaders were just ridiculous. They didn't listen to a word I would say. And the security guy said, you're going to find the same kind of people here. You are. The gentleman that just went in, he's not even going to see those people. But you will. Life is about perception. And how many of you know perception for many people is, is truth, is reality. But perception is not always accurate. Okay, some people have a perception of something to be right. And I'll, I'll just use a very big you know, controversial issue in today's culture, and that's, let's say, abortion. In some people's eyes, the perception of abortion is okay. It's truth to them. It's reality to them. But if you really look at it from God's perspective, it's not truth. Perception is false in this case. But perception can be deceptive. So you have to be careful what your perception is in life because... If, if you have a wrong perception, many times people stay in the season they're in is because God's trying to teach them something. And until they learn the lesson, God will not move them out of that season. And a great biblical example of that is the children of Israel back in Exodus when they came out of Egypt to be slaves. Now Moses was leading them on a 13 days journey, some people say 11 days journey, to the promised land. But when they got to the promised land, they started murmuring, complaining, uh, all of these negative things. So God just told them, you go take a lap. Go in the desert and just go in a circle. And if you follow the, the, the path that the children of Israelite followed for 40 years, it was in a circle. Why? Because God was trying to show them something. They went through a 40-year season before God allowed them to open the door to go into uh, the new season. And with that, he only allowed certain ones to go in. And that was the younger generation because they got it. The older generation liked it this way. They've always done it this way. And by golly, I'm not changing. Where God just kept telling them, just take another lap. And so they went from a 13-day journey to a 40-year journey, only to come to the conclusion that not all of them, a high percentage of them, did not get to go into the promised land that God had promised them originally. So what season you're in, if you're in a season that is in a bad season and it's, and it's difficult and you're hating it, just make a matter of prayer. Lord, what are you trying to show me? Because I have a good feeling that if you allow that to be your prayer and you allow God to teach you what he's trying to teach you and you learn from that, that your season will end as soon as you get the point. And remember, God's timing is not your timing. 
one season for one person can be a few months, a few weeks, where another person can go through the same season and be a year or two. Three. Mine's never been weeks. I wish mine was yeah. weeks. <laughs> Most of the time they're long because God's trying to teach us and show us things. That's, I was just going to say, it's why it's so important that we have great mentors in our life and people that are, and not goofy people either. I'm not talking about people who pray about what, kind, what gallon of milk to buy at the store. I'm talking about people who really are searching for the things of God and you can judge your motives, say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking, and they can say, you are out of your mind. Where did you come up with those things? Where, where, where is your thought process and all of that? And allow some godly counsel in your life. You don't go tell your story to everybody. You don't cast your pearls before swine. But you do find godly counsel and, and godly wisdom in your life because they'll save. I mean, just talking to my parents, you know, our, my parents are our very best friends, and we've, they've saved us a lot of heartache. I listen to their counsel. They'd say, you can do that, but this might happen if you do that. You got you to gotta pay attention to that. So it's great to have godly counsel in your life that you can go to. And um, there's a difference. I'm reading a book right now. forgot the name of it. It was really good. I think it's loving, loving and leading and loving it or something like that. But they talk about the difference between transparency and it's so good I'm forgetting it. Um, where's my phone? I made a copy of it. Hang on. I'm trying to beat it out of her. Anyway, while we're waiting, who else has a thought or a comment or maybe even a question? Gay? Hebrews 12. Oh, great illustration. She was quoting Hebrews 12 where it says when you're running the race, you know, all the heavy junk that you're carrying, it's going to slow you down. And, and, and that's, that's good. That's a great, great scripture. Yes. Can you talk really loud? Or here. here. No, come on, come on, come on. The Lord may be calling you to preach and you need one of these in your hand. Um, I have something to share. I'm really about to cry just thinking about it because everything that was said here tonight, me and my best friend since I was four, we talked for a while. And, well, the ladies at Teen Challenge know my story, but um, I'm entering this new season of my life. Me and my daughter, um, next month, we'll start building a house. I got approved for Habitat for Humanity. So we'll start building a house next month. And she's like, you know, you're carrying all these things from years ago into this new season. She was like, you know, and she said, you know, you're like the people, you know, that God brought out of Egypt, Danielle. She was like, you just keep going in circles. She was like, because each season that you know, into your life. She was like, you're just taking new things, which in the aspect she was talking about. My divorce I went through six years ago. And it says, you're destined, what you said, your destiny is not tied to someone who walks out. And that's kind of like what she said last night. She's like, dude, your life isn't over. You know what I mean? She was like, 
just get over it, <laughs> you know? It's like, it was six years ago. You have a beautiful daughter and you know, you raise her well. And it was just everything that was, I can't wait to share. She gets off at nine, so I'm gonna call it 902. <laughs> so I can't wait to share. Um, but this really did bless me and it really did speak to me. So I just wanna thank you. So it was really awesome. Thank you. Good, very good, very good. Congratulations on your home, by the way, too. Who else? Yes. I am um, in scene challenge and I'm about to go on re-entry and I'm scared and I just thank y'all for what y'all are teaching me tonight and it's a huge blessing. Just want to thank y'all for that. For you girls going, uh, who are Teen Challenge going into the reentry program, which is the last phase of the program, trying to help them get ready to move out on their own, um, listen to their counsel. They know what they're doing, and um, they will never lead you wrong when it comes to reentry back in the real world after your crisis situation. Who, who had their hand raised up next? All right. I was just going to say, um, right now, um, in my bathroom on the mirror, Sometimes, like when I'm listening to the radio and I'm getting ready, I'll I'll take my lip liner or whatever and I'll write something down. And um, one of the things I have written up there is, and it's at the top, because I've been through quite a lot in my life. But it's if the Lord wills. It's very simple, and because only God knows His perfect plan. And if we have problems, if we have setbacks then it's part of his plan. And so we just have to accept it and go about it in grace instead of going about it in anger and bitterness. And, um, and that's something that was really hard for me to learn when I was at Teen Challenge. So just go through it with grace. And if the Lord wills it to happen, then just let it happen. And it kind of reminds me like too of, of like the, the tapestry, like when, or embroidery when, uh, and the artist is making the, the picture. And when you look at the back, you can't, you can't see the picture, the whole picture. And even when you turn it around, when it's not finished, you still don't see the whole picture. But if he's willing it to happen, then, then just take it with grace. My new saying, that's good, Lamina. My new saying is when things go wrong or you get a flat tire or you, whatever, my new saying is this is not heaven. <laughs> this is not heaven. Therefore, those things are going to happen. <laughs> Just this life, life can throw a curveball in a millisecond. Well, great, great. I thought you raised your hand. Uh-huh. You want say say, to share something? Come on, I'm gonna get you out of your comfort zone. Remember, it's a new season. That? Come on. Okay, um, you know how you said at Teen Challenge, God has placed before us wise counsel, and we should listen to them. Well, a few months ago, I'm in reentry and I'm about to graduate in a little while, like a week. I'm really nervous, but. They had suggested that I go home and be with my family. And this is what I have been planning, you know. I haven't been with my family since I was 14. And, you know, I have, I started to figure out all these things in my head. At first, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I started putting these things together. 
And here it is a week before, and everything I put together is not what's gonna, how it's going to be at all. Because God says no. And what God says, it'd be wise for you to listen, you know. <laughs> Especially coming this far, you, you don't want to turn around and go back to where you started. And it's just, this is a new season. And I don't want to do it. And I am scared. But if God opens the door, you know, you should walk through it. And the, the scripture that keeps coming to my mind is Proverbs 19.21. Many are the plans of men, but the Lord's purpose prevails. And so I, I've, that's all I have to say. That's so good. <laughs> that's so good. Who are all the reentry girls? Reentry. Raise your hand if you're doing reentry or you're getting ready to go. Listen, girls, this is the most exciting time in your life. God had a purpose and a plan for you, and he is now opening the door for you to reenter back into life. Go out with confidence. Go out with your head held high. Look where he's brought you from. Look where he's brought you from. If he's brought you that far, he's, he didn't bring you that far just to drop you right there. Go out with confidence. Go out and be a world changer in your world. You never know who you're going to minister to, including family members, when they see the difference in your life. So go out with confidence. Be excited for all the new doors God's going to open. You get a brand new chance. That's exciting. That's exciting. Why don't we do this? We have just a, a few moments till we're going to be dismissed. But uh, I want to open this time up for prayer for those of you who are getting ready to change seasons, especially you ladies who are in the reentry program who are getting ready at some point in the very near future that uh, are getting ready to go out into the real world. As you stated, it's going to be scary, you know, making that transition out. And I think we need to pray for these girls who are in that stage of life, getting ready to change seasons. And maybe you are having a change of season now. And uh, we're just like prayer. I want to, I just feel impressed. We just need to pray for those in, in, in a transition season that we make sure that it's God and that if it is God, that God blesses that transition. So if you're here today and if you're one of the reentry girls, going to be graduating soon, going to be leaving, if you'll come up here and, and uh, let's, let's pray for you. Uh, everybody who, anybody who's going through a, a, a season change, a new season is in your life, or you're about to go through one, will you come forward? We just want to pray over you. Anybody else going through a season change? Stephanie, I want to ask you to grab the mic and pray a blessing over all these. So is it all it is is ladies and guys, there's no season change in your life. All right. What's that season change, brother, get up here. This Come is on. not just for females. Come on. We need some testosterone up here. Come on. <laughs> you can stand with some pretty girls, huh? That's right. One last call. Anybody who's going through a season change and you just want us to pray over you <laughs> or you feel one coming on. Maybe you're not in, maybe you're not going through the change right now of, of seasons, but you just want prayer. Lord, I am so thankful that your word is true. I'm so thankful that it's powerful. And I'm just so thankful for uh, these 
ladies and gentlemen that are standing up here tonight, God, that they have a heart after you, that they're seeking after you, Lord. Direct their path. Order their steps. You say that the steps of a righteous man are ordered of God. They're righteous, and I believe that they're ordered. Lord, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. We thank you for the people and the lives they're going to touch. I thank you that they're going to go into this new transition and this new season in their life with confidence, not just confidence in themselves with their head held high, but confidence in you, faith in you, that you are going to direct every step. You're going to order every relationship. You're going to order uh, every job. Lord, you're going to uh, order everything in their lives. When they learn and, they've, and they have learned to trust in you, walk with you, commune with you, Lord, I thank you in advance for all of the doors that are opening for them and the things that are going to happen in their lives, whether you are going to get the glory and you're going to get the honor. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, bless these people, Lord. Yeah, let me, let me mention one quote here, and then you can share. Um, remember the scripture. For the steps of the righteous man are ordered of the Lord. If you remain pure before God, I'm not saying perfect, because we'll never be perfect. We're going to make mistakes and sin and all that stuff. We're going to mess up. But if you're righteous before the Lord and have a heart after the Lord, he will always direct your steps. And if you keep that in the forefront of your mind, season changes will come a lot more easier. Because you're putting all your faith and trust in the Lord. And he will direct all your footsteps. You may not know where he's placing your feet, but he will direct your steps if you stay close to him.